Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. ask, O oh Lord, that as we come before you tonight, that you do something pivotal in our lives. We ask, O oh Lord, that in your kindness and in your grace and in your favor, that Father, that your word touches our hearts, changes our lives, and through that, our circumstances and situations are changed. We thank you for your kindness, your grace, and your mercy. In Jesus' most holy name, amen and amen. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue um, from where we left off last week and we got to a great place. Um, we wrapped up um, our conversation on prayer. Um, I really hope you enjoyed that little bit. So we're going on to what Jesus said after that. And so we're going to take our Bible reading from Matthew chapter six. And remember, we're talking about creating an environment for a healthy heart. And we're going to talk about something quite vital today, and that's um, in Matthew chapter 6, just after the Lord's Prayer. And so that's where we'll take our reading from tonight. And um, I'll read from verse 8, and I'll read, we're going to stop at verse 18, but our focus tonight is verses 16 to 18. And Jesus says the following, Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Be ye not therefore like them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. But then Jesus then goes on from verse 14, and he says the following. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Verses 16 to 18 is our focus for tonight. Jesus said, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at the subject of fasting. And now, when we say look at the subject of fasting, I was literally just going to add it onto the section of prayer. But the way it's worked out, um, it's going to be fun to have a look at. And so Jesus says, let's, let's look at what Jesus says first. And Jesus says the following. When he says, moreover, that means on top of what I've just told you, what I'm about to say is really important. And he says, moreover, when you fast. And he says, be not as the hypocrites. Um, that means 
when you fast, the, the focus of your fasting is your mighty God. You're spending time with your father. And you'll understand why fasting is so important in a moment. And we, we're going to have a look at that. What Jesus says is when you fast, that means fasting is as vital as praying. And this is one of the interesting things that we realize. Prayer is God answers prayer. Okay, God answers prayer. And what I want you to remember um, is this, that not only does God answer prayer, as we spend time in prayer, we will, um, we will, um, we find ourselves being changed and being strengthened in God's person and who he is. Prayer is essential, absolutely essential. And so Jesus says, when you fast, and then he says, fast properly, that the focus of your fast is not everybody around you. So it's not like you're walking around like you're about to pass out and everybody's asking, what's the matter? Are you sick? Is there everything all right? And you say, no, I'm fasting because and, and we will we'll break down exactly what fasting, what the purpose of fasting is. And the purpose of fasting is not for other people to think that you're spiritual, which is very interesting. But we also find that it's, it's not, God is not moved in that sense by us suffering. And I'll explain what I mean by suffering. Fasting is abstaining from food, sometimes water, sometimes liquid, or things that are pleasant for a spiritual purpose. And when we think about fasting, that's what we're doing. When we fast, we're doing it to achieve something. There's a reason for it. The first thing, and so we'll look at what it, it does in a moment. And so Jesus says, when you're fasting, let the focus of your fast be the almighty God. And that means we don't go around making sure everybody knows we're fasting. And he said, if you do, that's your reward where people think, oh, wow, that person's always fasting or that person is extremely spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. And so what we begin to realize is Jesus then says, but when you fast, let your focus be God. That means fasting is valuable to the Lord. And so as we look at fasting tonight, we will see how valuable fasting is because fasting enhances without a doubt your prayer life and your prayer life enhances the world around you, your personal world, the world of your family, the world of world of work. It's your it's God's opportunity that through you, he can influence the world around you. And we realize that prayer is precious to the Lord. We see that in a variety of scriptures. And I want you to keep that in mind. And so staying with Matthew 6, verse 17 now, Jesus says, but when thou fast, anoint thy head and wash thy face. So just go about your day as normal, that you appear not to men to fast, but unto your father who knows that you are abstaining from something that you could have. You are saying that I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do something I really enjoy, or I'm not going to, I may not eat. I may not drink liquids for a, a short period of time. And I will do that 
so that what God wants to achieve is achieved. And Jesus says, there is a reward for fasting. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I want us to look at is I want us to look at fasting in a little bit more detail. And so please turn in your Bibles as we go. Let's go on a journey because fasting is something that we all have to get right. Isaiah 58, please. And that's going to be Isaiah 58, verse 4. Isaiah 58, verse 4. And Isaiah is speaking to the Israelites and he's about to explain fasting and there's something that he says that is absolutely vital and I, I'm, I'm going to pick up on it in verse four he says many other things but this is one of them and the bible says the, and i'll read from the king james version of the bible and i may read it in the amplified if necessary the bible says behold ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness you shall not fast as you do this day then um, I, the Holy Spirit through Isaiah says the following to make your voice to be heard on high. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember that the purpose of fasting is that it ensures that your voice is heard. When we say on high, notice where's our father? We look, we realize that as Jesus taught us to pray, he said, our father who art in heaven. And so making sure your voice is heard where God is. And then things move and happen the way God wants them to happen. And that's what fasting is for. It's to ensure that your voice is heard on high, especially when you're up against obstacles. And we're going to go through um, nine examples really quickly. I'm not really quickly. We're going to go through nine examples and that will give you a picture of the importance of fasting. It's so important to get it right. And when you fast, now, when we spoke, remember our focus is creating an environment where we have a healthy heart. A healthy heart is one that God himself fills with himself enabling your words, your thoughts, and your actions to be um, sourced by him. So you are speaking, thinking, and acting the same way your father would act. And the Bible says that that is a healthy heart in, 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 um, in very short form. That's a very healthy heart. And so this is one of the things that ensures that you end up with an environment that keeps your heart healthy because this keeps your this keeps your prayer life alive and so what i just read was isaiah 58 verse 4 isaiah 58 verse 4 i'll put that in the chat just so we can um isaiah 58 verse 4 okay so that was the, and the in isaiah 58 the prophet says the following behold you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness you shall not fast as you do this day and he then lays out this is the reason you're fasting to make your voice heard on high 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we realize is the purpose of fasting is that your voice is heard where it matters. Okay, now let's go on. So let's, let's run through some examples and you'll realize that fasting is not just vital, but it is an infallible, infallible discipline of a Christian. Infallible, it never fails. Um, so we're... Please turn in your Bibles to Judges 20. Let's look at the example. So example number one, Judges chapter 20, reading from verses 26 to 28. The children of Israel um, are in a do or die battle with one of their own. They are uh, going up against the tribe of Benjamin who have fallen into a deep level of sin. To solve this, at that point in time, grace was not necessarily available, and it had to be, um, it had to be worked out by force. And so they had to go literally go to war with their brethren. They had a promise from God, and twice the promise had fallen to the ground. The Lord said, "I will give you victory." They go out; the promise falls to the ground. They 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 are beaten. They come back. They go out again. They are beaten. They come back. But then this is what happens at verse 26 okay all right let's take our declaration now and then we'll go from there and so oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves and we pray we seek your face and we turn from our wicked ways hear from heaven lord forgive our sins and heal our land in Jesus' name we pray amen now let's make our declaration. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Wherever you are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world, wherever, that is true. And so let's go back to our example. So this is example number one, Judges 20, verse 26. The children of Israel have a promise from the Lord that he will give them victory in battle. They've gone out once and the promise doesn't come to pass. They've gone out twice. The promise doesn't come to pass. If you would like to read the whole story, read from Judges 19, and that will give you a full picture. But at Judges 20, verse 26, the following happens. And this is the first time the word fasted is used in scripture. And in biblical interpretation, you realize wherever a word is used for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, it sets the tone of that thing of whatever is described for the rest of scripture, simply because the Bible is true. I'll read verse 26. The Bible says the following. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Okay, they fasted. Then let's read verse 27 and verse 28. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up for tomorrow. I will deliver them into your hand. 
And the rest of the story is exactly that happens. The third time they go out, this time the promise comes to pass. This time they have a remarkable victory. The problem is solved. And what you realize is what was the missing ingredient? And the missing ingredient was they went before the Lord and they fasted. Now, if anybody is asking the Lord for direction, notice what happened when they, yeah, and you can't really hear the Lord because it's like you're not sure which option should you take. Should you go one way or the other? Fasting clarifies it allows you to hear god much clearer and they asked the lord do we go forward god said go forward and the promise came to pass if anybody is holding on for a promise out there whereby you're believing god to do something on your behalf we realize ladies and gentlemen that when you come into the place of fasting the request that you are presenting remember what isaiah 50 isaiah 58 verse 4 says when you pray while you are fasting, the Bible says the purpose of which is to cause your voice to be heard on high. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize in this situation, this is the first example, the promise that they were asking God for that had fallen to the ground twice before came to pass. And I wanted to and notice what happened. Fasting and prayer go together. They only fasted for a day, but they fasted together. Then they, you'll find that they went into worship. In those, at that point in time, they offered peace offerings and burnt offerings. We come before God by the blood of Jesus, and we come before God through the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the offerings that the Lord wants from us, you'll find those in Hebrews, just to give you an example, so that when you come before God in fasting, there are things that you can do. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. The Bible says, through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So when we come before the Lord, when we are fasting, we bring offerings, we sacrifice, we come in with praises, we come with thanksgiving. And what are you doing? You're spending time with your father. You are going the extra mile to get into his presence, to create an environment that where both of you can meet. And that's one of the things that fasting does. And so we see in this example, and this is the first one we're going to look at, we see what happened. The promises came to pass. I am reiterating it deliberately. The promises that had been held back came to pass. The request for direction was spot on. And the victory and the performance of what was asked for happened and so ladies and gentlemen i want you to realize that when you come before god when you're praying for something and it's not coming to pass jesus said moreover when you fast fast and i'm not saying fast for long periods i'm not saying do a, a 40 day what i am saying is fast pause so say that okay i'm, I'm not going to watch television for a day i'm not going to go on instagram for a day i'm going to miss breakfast i'm going to just miss breakfast and lunch so i can just spend time with the lord or I'm, i'll miss dinner or i'll fast for maybe one or two days but what it does is it turns the volume of the world down and it allows you 
to hear and experience your father. And so I want you to keep that in mind. So let's have a look at the next, the next example. And I'm going to constantly, hopefully as we go through all the examples, the examples will make fasting clear and you'll understand how valuable. Please turn in your Bible um, to Ezra chapter eight. And we're going to read from verse 21 to 23. Ezra 8, 21 to 23. And I'll turn there in my Bible, so we'll, we'll read it together. Ezra 8, 21. The situation was the Jews were on their way back to rebuild. Okay? The Jews were on their way back to rebuild. Jerusalem. They had been released by a very benevolent king, Cyrus, and Ezra, one of the scribes, was leading part of that return. Nehemiah led part, and so there are lots of all the stories came together. This is Ezra's journey, and let's read from Ezra eight, reading from verse twenty-one to twenty-three. The Bible says the following. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. The Bible then says, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. If you read the rest of the story, they are going through. Now remember, this is a caravan of almost pilgrims. They're carrying very valuable things for the temple. And they're carrying gold, they're carrying silver, they're carrying money. So they are a target and a magnet for bandits and robbers that operate in between Persia and Jerusalem. So they ask them, now they are told the king that it's God that's sending us home and God will be kind to us. They had declared their faith. But notice what they did because they had declared their faith and they didn't want to go back to the king and say, can you give us a group of soldiers to protect us? Because that will negate their declaration of faith. The Bible says they fasted and they turned to the Lord. And the, the request is really important. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have children and if you have family, um, if you have children, please remember this prayer. He said that they were looking for a way for them and their little ones. This is a vulnerable caravan, very vulnerable. It's not an armed caravan. It's a vulnerable one. And the Bible says God made it happen. And you realize that when you read the story, that the Lord made what they asked for come to pass. And notice the key. They said they fasted. They are that's what it means to afflict yourself. It means to deny yourself something. And that's what they did. And God responded. What I would like to drive home, ladies and gentlemen, while we're talking about this, remember what Jesus said. He said, 
not if you fast, when you fast. But he also explained fasting when he was speaking about prayer. Prayer and fasting go together. And notice what was the challenge. They had made a declaration of faith. They had confessed what, what the Bible, they had confessed their confidence in God. But to ensure that it came to pass, they fasted and asked God's help. Now, I don't know, and this, when I was preparing, my heart was went out to everybody. I don't know who out there is believing for a promise that has been delayed, whereby you have said to everybody, you know what, I'm going to trust the Lord. If you're believing, either you've said to everybody or you've said to yourself or you've said to your family, let's trust God. God will provide. God will come through. God will break through on my behalf. And you've held on to a word, a promise, launch out into the deep that this is your year of success, that God will bring in the new, that God will heal, God will strengthen. The Bible says that that part is wonderful, but add to your prayers, your requests, your petitions, your supplications, and your thanksgiving, add fasting. Because when you go to God with fasting, it and I'll use this phrase, it's a modern day phrase, it turbocharges your answer. The Bible says that God showed them a step-by-step -step journey from Persia to Jerusalem, and they arrived all the way, all the way. They arrived where they were going. And so I want you to keep that in mind. And so this is something that I really want you to hold on to that when you are believing God for something, fast. Now, and when I say fast, fasting is not just going hungry, say start at nine and you're going to get to 12 and you're, you know, your hands are on the table and you're walking around the kitchen and you're standing around the, the cream cakes or you're at the coffee stand and you're walking around Costa thinking, how, how I've got five minutes to go. No, pause, spend time in prayer and fasting. And notice what we said. Okay. Notice what we said. I will answer your, I will hold the questions to the end. Please keep them coming in and I'll answer them. And so what you begin to realize is in this situation, the Lord caused the confession of faith that they had made to become a reality. My prayer for you is this, as you spend time in fasting, may the confessions of faith that you have laid out presently or previously for something present or something that has stood for a long period of time, may God make it happen for you. And fasting is the key. So please, so let's and remember, prayer and fasting go together. Okay. All right. Um, let's go to the third. The third example is um, I will answer your question. Actually, I'll grab the question now. I've got a question. It says, how do you fast when you are weak physically and unable to give up food because of health and medications? Great question. Perfect timing. Let's go. We'll have a look at this particular scripture. It's our third example. Ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter nine, and we're going to read from verses one to four. Nine, one to four. Okay. 
Daniel 9, 1 to 4. So what happens if you're too weak to fast and you can't fast from food? But what does God want? This, And we're going to look at this later. But you can fast from something. Nothing that will be detrimental to your medical care. So you can eat and drink water so you can take your medicine. You can, you have to eat and keep your strength up, so do so. But you can put your phone down for an hour. You can turn the television off for an hour. You can decide to only watch um, praise, worship, YouTube videos rather than spending time on Instagram. So what I'm saying is, you do something that sends a message to the Lord that he is important. And notice, fasting and prayer. Prayer includes the following, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad you asked this question. Prayer includes petitions, asking based upon what God has said. Prayer includes supplication, cries for mercy. And you're going to see that here. Prayer includes thanksgiving and praise. So you can turn off all your, you can turn off your um, screens, you can turn off things and just praise God for a while. Praise God for an hour and say to the Lord, you know what? I can't fast from food, but what I've just so that I can focus on you, that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do a Bible fast. That means I'm going to read the Bible um, an extra hour. I'm going to do something that sends a message to you that you matter and the bible says when you bring those offerings because of our lord and savior jesus christ they will always be accepted so that's how you fast especially when you can't fast from food there are lots of things you can do and so please don't lose hope and don't lose heart keep going and we pray a very special prayer for you for that person to ask that question that god will strengthen you and heal you as you go before him. Remember, God is not motivated by your suffering. He is motivated by your faith. And your faith is your belief in him. Okay, um, I will come back to the next question. Let me just keep going. So let's go. So we are now at a third example, Daniel chapter nine, reading from verses one to four. And so Daniel nine, reading from verses one to four, especially where you're holding on to a promise. Okay, I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, in the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the, of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. That means the children of Israel will only be in captivity for 70 years. Daniel found that out by reading the book of Jeremiah. We've looked at that in this journey. And now he's about to go before God to insist that there is a performance of the promise. Verse three, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications, that's crying out for mercy, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now, let me explain sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth and ashes have nothing to do with food, all right? Sackcloth and ashes 
were they would wear something that was uncomfortable. That means against their skin, rather than have um, silk, cotton, or whatever their, their clothes were made of, they would put rough, um, sackcloth was very rough woven material. It indicated that, Lord, we are contrite. We have made a mistake and we are sorry. Notice, that's an action. So your actions count before the Lord. So if you can't fast on food or water, take an action. Nothing that would be detrimental to your medical care, okay? Nothing. Don't say, oh, I'm going to fast from my, from my medicines. I'm going to stop taking medicine for three days to demonstrate to God I believe in him. No, don't do that. What we are saying is God is looking for an act of faith. That is something that comes because you have read, studied, meditated on the word of God, discovered something about God, and you're acting on it. That is what we're talking about. And the Bible says when you fast like that, it makes a difference. So let's see what happened to Daniel. And the Bible says from verse four, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. And Daniel prays a very, very articulate prayer. And he prays this prayer. And what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is found in verse 21. I, I won't read it. I'll, I'll skip to verse 21. Um, I'll skip to verse 21. He prays a prayer. He confesses Israel's sins. He lays that before the Lord. And then this is what happens in verse 21. The Bible says, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, who is one of the three um, archangels, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. That means he had only been fasting for a day. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. So, ladies and gentlemen, two things. If you are praying for something to shift, if you found the promise in the Bible, and you're going to God and saying, Lord, the Bible says, if this is done, this will happen. And you're not seeing it happen in your life. Spend some time in fasting. Spend some time and say, God, I'm going to take this word. I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to come to you and I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for mercy. I'm going to bring thanksgiving. I'm going to come in praise. I'm going to spend time with you. And then I'm also going to stop and listen so you can speak back to me. Daniel does that. And notice, an angel is sent to give him an answer. Now, for you and I, ladies and gentlemen, how will the answer come? John chapter 13, verse 15, and I will read. John 13, verse 15. The Bible says, um, not John, John 16, verse 15. I apologize. John 16, verse 15. Um, up 13 to 15, I apologize. Let me give it to you. 
13 to 15. Yes, that's what I want. So I'll put that in the chat for you. I will. Your questions are great. I'm going to answer as many as I can. Just hold on. Um, John chapter 16, reading from verses 13 to 15. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'll read. How will God get the answer to you? But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Please keep that in mind. That means the Holy Spirit is going to be the source of your answer. And we will come. Angels may be involved, but the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your heart first. And then the Bible says, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come into the place of um, fasting and prayer, the answers will come through the ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, he is also called the Lord of hosts. So what you realize, ladies and gentlemen, if he wants to employ angels where God sends angels to do something on your behalf that you couldn't do for yourself, then he will do so. And believe me, angels are real. They are real. <laughs> um, and without getting too off track tonight, angels are real. And so when you come into the place of fasting and prayer, and please hear me, please hear me well, in the place of fasting and prayer, the Lord will heal you, hear you, and the answers will be enforced. Now, ladies and gentlemen, so what? notice what happened with Daniel. Daniel found a promise in the Bible. He took it before the Lord in fasting and prayer, and the Lord responded to him. So what am I saying to you? When you have a promise that you that hasn't come to pass, Pause for a moment. Set a day aside to fast. Find two, three, four, five scriptures that give you an answer for that particular thing and then present them to God and the Lord will come through for you. Now, I have a few questions and I'll, and I'll, I'll take them here. I'll take one here and then I'll move on to the next one and then take the next one. So what do you do when you have been believing and trusting God for a promise, which, is, which has been confirmed to you over and over again? Each time you have fasted, it's regarding the same promise, yet nothing has changed and the delay still continues. Now, this is really important. And we're going to go to the book of, so what do you do? God's given you a promise. When you fast it, it's been reassured. Now we come to the fact that you are now in a situation where you realize God is faithful. God has given you an answer. So now we step into the place of patience. Patience is not just digging your nails in and holding on to the horns of the altar. 
Patience is the repetitive declaration of the faithfulness of your God that will govern your words, your thoughts, and your actions. And please hear me, God is faithful. And when we realize that God is faithful, he will come through on your behalf. But let's look at that in, in the scripture. So let's come with me first to I will, Hebrews 10, 35 to 37. 35 to 37. The Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Okay, um, let's also have a look at... Okay, I'm going to read to you from the Amplified Bible, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. When you, um, when you have prayed for something and you're bringing it back to God, this is, this is key. So I'll read that and then I'll answer. Then we'll move on so I can answer and then I'll answer another question. So 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. This is, I want you to remember something, especially when you're waiting. Please hear me well, waiting for a promise. Okay. The Bible says the following For no temptation, no trial regarding as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. And that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. Please remember what I'm about to say now. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you a testimony that speaks of what I'm explaining. You must remember when you're believing God for a promise that God is faithful and he will get an answer to you in a way that you don't understand, but he will. My youngest daughter was born eight weeks premature. So she was in an incubator until her due date. And so she was in there for, in hospital for an extra eight weeks. And um, so was my wife. And so we used to go in and see her. We had a particular challenge with her one particular day that she wasn't eating. And they were trying to get a line into her, but because she was so tiny, they couldn't get a line into her veins. Um, they couldn't get a line into her veins. I remember one day I went up into her cot, I laid my hands on her and I prayed. And I asked the Lord that, Lord, this is what I'm asking you to do. 
that, and I prayed over my daughter. I called all her names and I just said a prayer and I said, they're going to find a way to get through this. And I laid hands on her and I, and this is what I want you to remember. Once I finished praying, I went back downstairs. Why? Because I've done all that I can do. All that I can do. And you have to now leave it to the Lord. And so I went back downstairs to stay with my wife. By the time I came back from work the next day, they had wonderful news for me. They had managed to get a line into her and they had found a vein that was strong enough in her foot. So what am I saying? When you have done the will of God, the Bible says, step into the place of patience. That means you trust, lean on, and expect that the God who said, I am faithful, will come through for you. And so that's what I want you to remember. If God's given you a promise, what am I asking you to do? Keep going. Even though the circumstances don't look like it, keep going because he's faithful. All right. Hopefully that answers that question. Um, right. The questions are coming in really fast. Um, okay. All right. Um, again, that explains that. What if you've been waiting for the Lord to give you an answer for five years? Then again, keep waiting if you're waiting for a specific when you say waiting for the lord to give you an answer that means he's probably answered but you're waiting for a performance that means something you can hold on to if that be the case you may return the prayer to him and say lord i'm still waiting you can come before god he's okay with that you can bring the request to him until you see it happen that's not an act of doubt. It's an act of confidence. So come before the Lord each day, lay the case before him, and then go on with your day. So please keep that in mind. And you'll, you'll find that story in um, Luke, eight, Luke 18, where the, Jesus speaks about the persistence of faith. So please keep that in mind. Yes, Luke 18. Great. Okay, so that's that one. Um, what do you do when your spirit mind is willing to do the fasting and reading the Bible, but your flesh is weak? This is interesting. What do you do? On a day like this, you take Bible studies like this and you learn about what fasting can do. It strengthens your faith. It gives you an expectation and it gives you confidence. Find the scriptures on. So when I fast, what happens? When I fast, what happens? And these kind of things strengthen you. So if you're feeling a bit weak about fasting, the more you know about fasting, the more you will fast because you'll have an expectation of an answer. Okay. And at that point, let me go on. So let's go on to another example and then we'll move on from there. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, please turn in your Bibles. Let's have a look at a fourth example. Daniel chapter 10. Verses 1 to 14. 
Daniel 10, 1 to 14. And I'm going to read the King James Version of the Bible. I'll read what happened to Daniel, and this will help a, a lot of um, a lot of the questions that I'm hearing. Okay. In the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That means he was mourning for 21 days. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till, the, till three weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is Hydekel. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body was also like the beryl and his face as the appearance of lightning and his eyes as lamps of fire, his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the, the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them. So they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness was turned into corruption and I retained no strength. Verse nine, let me keep going. We're going to verse 14. Verse nine, yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me up on my knees and the palms of my hand and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. When he has spoken this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the... Now, please, if you're believing God for a promise, this is speaking to your world. This is what the angel says to Daniel. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Verse 14. Now... I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. Pause. That means, notice, when Daniel prayed on the first day, his answer was released from heaven. The Bible says the angel in this particular case that was bringing his answer was delayed for 21 days by the forces of darkness. And so let me say this. Let me say this to you, ladies and gentlemen, please let me say it clearly. We, our Christianity is played out in a hostile spiritual environment. We have things that resist us and I'll read it to you. So it's, it's not, so it's not far-fetched. Please turn in your Bible to Ephesians. It will come back to this story because it's a great one to Ephesians six. And I'm going to read from 10 to 12. 
Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. And the Bible says the following. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come before God in fasting and prayer, you enable the answers that God has sent to you to traverse that journey and come past the opposition that is against you. Now, what I want you to understand is notice Daniel's story. He said he started on day one. The answer didn't show up until day 21, but he did not give up. And so when you come before God in fasting, notice what it does. It causes your voice to be heard on high, but then it also causes the things that need to happen to make your answer happen, show up. Now, I want, I want you also to realize that God will send you help. He will answer. So when God says he will send um, angels, and angels are real, they're like the one that Daniel saw was one of these big, huge, massive ones. Amazing experience. But God sends angels in the shape of people. Notice the first time Daniel described an angel, he said, the man. Now, let me tell you a, a story because the Lord laid this on my heart and somebody needs to hear this before we finish today's Bible study. We will continue next week. Please keep this in mind. Same situation when my daughter was in her um, in in hospital very early in her life she's in an incubator for eight weeks and she was she didn't like formula because we, they were giving her formula because my wife was on pretty heavy medication so she couldn't breastfeed there was one particular day now we were there for eight weeks solid so we knew all the nurses and we understood their rotations and ICU nurses are pretty special. So you, you remember them one after the other. So we knew who was going to be on this particular day and who was not going to be on. And they became our friends and stuff like that. One day, a nurse we had never seen from anywhere came in and my daughter was really upset. Um, and my, my wife was very upset. I mean, we were brand new parents. We, we knew very little. And the lady said, what's the matter? And they said, you know, she's really hungry. She's not taking the formula. And she said, you know what? Just give her breast milk. And she literally picked up my daughter, popped her onto my wife. And my daughter started drinking breast milk. And she was fine. And the other doctor said, oh, no, the medicine will get through the milk. And she was absolutely fine. That nurse who did that, turned around that day, walked out of the doors, and we never saw her again. And we looked for her because we wanted to say thank you. We brought cakes back when my daughter was one. We could not find this person. No one could tell us who that nurse was. No one knew what rotation she was on. They, I mean, it, and we, we, were there for a good five weeks after that. So we were expecting her to show up again, not once, never came back, hear me well. And please hear me, be reassured, that is what angels look like. 
And I want you to understand what had God done. He sent help. Now, please hear me. When you come before God in fasting, he will send help. How he will send help is up to him, but he will send you help. And ladies and gentlemen, notice the Bible says the delay did not constitute a denial. So I want you to hold on. If God has given you a promise, if God has said that this is what I'm going to do, the last thing you should do is give up because God is the one who is faithful. You may say, but God, well, times, uh, the season has passed. Things are difficult. Now we are in the realm of the impossible. How could it happen for me? The Bible says of the Lord our God, that for Luke 1, 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. No word, no promise, no declaration, no assurance that God gives you is going to be impossible for him to bring to pass. Now, what am I saying? Those kind of answers happen, and I'm saying it sincerely, when you come before God and you add fasting to prayer. They sometimes happen when you pray. Yes, they do. But when you come before God in fasting and prayer, it makes things happen. And this is what all the examples we're showing you today. Now, we've only got to four. We've got four more to do next week. And they're all, they're all nice and exciting. Or five more to do next week. They're nice and exciting. But I want you to realize something. So let's get this. Before we close out today, please remember this. Jesus said prayer in and of itself is powerful. But prayer and fasting he says, when you fast, your prayer life will go to another level, especially when you are interceding, when you're praying, when you're asking for things that matter to God that may not exactly matter to you. And I want you to hold on to the word of God tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just to wrap us up. Okay. Is it possible to abuse fasting? That is just deciding to fast on most of the individual prayers, one a week. It's very possible to abuse fasting, but you'll realize when you fast without grace, you won't last 20 minutes. And I can tell you by personal experience, when I fast without God's guidance, in all sincerity, I don't last 15 minutes. And I realize, okay, God, okay, 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 okay. God, you're asking me to do something else. And that's why, please remember, fasting is not a formula because you're in a relationship with God. So he will tell you what you need to do at each particular point in time. So is it possible to abuse fasting? Yes, because your focus becomes the fasting and not God. Keep your focus on God. Okay. And then fasting will become a delight. That's really important. Um, okay. How can you tell the difference between a promise that God has given you and a selfish desire? Very interesting. One of the best ways to know between a promise that God has given you and a selfish desire is, does the Bible promise it to you? If the Bible promises it to you, then it's yours. But so let's say you say, well, God, I'm asking for this. And so um, I don't know whether it's me or you. This is the best thing to do. Ask him. And the Bible says, James chapter 1, verse 5. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, 
who gives liberally and upbraideth not. When you don't know what to do, so if you feel that God is this desire selfish or not, then ask God. And it's a prayer of consecration that the Lord, I only want to do your will. And so I commit myself to doing your will, guide me. And then let the Lord guide you. And many times you'll realize selfish desires are born from things that are not born from God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please keep that in mind. So that hopefully that helps you do that. So stay in the word, stay in prayer and keep your focus on God, not on the act of fasting or what you want to get out of it. God will be kind in that. Hopefully that helps you in that area. Um, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to stop now. We, we're halfway through. We'll continue next week. Um, and so we'll pick up on fasting. And then we will, let's, by God's grace, we'll wrap it up next week. But my prayer for you is this. And let's, let's join in prayer. And if anyone is there believing God for a miracle or you're believing God for a promise that is not, hasn't come yet, or you're believing God for a healing of a loved one, I join my faith with yours. And this is something you can do. I join my faith with yours that what you are asking for will not be denied. I pray and I pray sincerely. I pray that your expectation is not cut off. Proverbs chapter 23, 17 to 18. I pray that God will be kind to you and I pray that your expectation will not be cut off. And so, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We're a couple of minutes over. Please have a wonderful week. Have a great, great time. Spend some time in fasting and prayer. And you know what? Come back with testimonies next week. Have a great, great, great day. God bless you.